Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 26, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had Kabuki Theater. We had a failure in the market. There's a lot of things to discuss. The market is doing something very similar to something we discussed before, and I'm going to bring it back to the forefront, and you're going to say, hey, yeah, maybe this is similar to the same thing. Either way, we know that the market is either going to break the rubber band, that would be trading below Monday's low. The low is 420.76. It's nowhere near current price, but the swings are wide in both directions, so therefore the numbers in between numbers is wide in both directions. It is what it is. This is the tape we have, not necessarily the tape we want. They don't care what the tape you want is. They're presenting the tape that it is. Let's move to the 30,000-foot view perspective or assessment of the daily chart. So they came down and they put in a bottom on time. They have a tail candle on volume, finished on the highs. We talked about all this a couple of times, but it's worth reiterating because it's important information. Under normal garden variety conditions, there's going to be more of a rally attempt off a low like that. However, what are they doing now? So here's where the rubber meets the road. It doesn't matter what is probable or what normally happens, all that stuff. What really matters is what's happening now. And what happens now, or what is happening now, is they're making a bearish pattern underneath the 200 period moving average. So if they do this for any more time or some other period of time, they could be building energy to pull off one of these moves where they came down, they do a bear flag pattern, and then they have another ensuing move down. Remember the shenanigans tail candle. Just saying, that is one of the things on the table. Today we had Kabuki Theater. The Fed makes their interest rate announcement. They have a press conference. The talking heads around the media parse the words. They're saying this. They're not saying this. They really mean this. And then the market whips around, which it certainly did today. We were not short on volatility. But here's the thing that we really need to ask ourselves. Did anything change? Did the Fed say anything different than is already the case? I have no idea what they said, but let me tell you what already is the case, and you tell me whether they said anything different. The Fed's in a box. They have flooded the market with money, which created a whole host of issues, namely inflation. They pumped up asset prices. All the things that come with pumping liquidity into the market. Borrowing skyrocketed, not borrowing cost, just borrowing, period. So what they're doing now, and not that they did it today, but they're already doing a withdrawal of liquidity from the market. At the same time, they're saying, in the future, we're going to have to raise interest rates. Those are the same, but at this point in time, they're really two totally independent things. They're slowing down the bond purchasing that they were doing before that gave them the vehicle to flood the market with liquidity. And at the same time, they know that interest rates are going to have to go up in the future. They're interdependent, they're cousins of each other, but they're really two separate and entirely different things, which puts the Fed, at least in my opinion, in the worst pickle it's been, at least in my investing career. Now, 
back to something else. What's the market doing right now? Well, first of all, we said it's making a bearish pattern underneath the 200 period moving average. And let's just reiterate one more time. Here's your line in the sand. Start getting below this low from Monday, and the floodgates can certainly open up, and the rubber band can break. 365, 364 in that neighborhood was that shenanigans tail candle. Now, on the other side, we said, well, most of the time, the market will stage a better rally than it's already done off a low like that. So let me bring your attention back over here. Now, it's not the same. The market didn't make a double bottom or anything like that. But all I'm looking at is down here when they were looking into the abyss in the precipice of falling apart, they were making a bearish pattern underneath the 100 period moving average. And what happened? Somewhere along the line, the market got saved, a goose operation, a rescue operation, whatever it is, the market went up. Now, I'm not saying the market's going to make new highs from here, but what I am saying is a normal garden variety retracement is more like 455, 453, maybe even higher up to 460. If they can't do it, it's weakness. It says one thing. However, don't discount the rally after the Fed debacle. What I mean by that is the market was rallying today. They had a reversal on the Fed stuff, the Kabuki Theater stuff. They finished pretty much not at the lows, but near the lows. And then all of a sudden, you wake up tomorrow morning, and they're running another goose operation. We don't know that will happen, but don't discount the fact that that can happen. Remember, the market's run by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, and their job is to make as many traders and investors look and feel like fools as much as possible. The other thing I always say is, the market always does the thing that it doesn't look like it's going to do right after it's finished doing the thing that it's not going to do. So you've got the big picture. It's a bunch of kabuki theater type day stuff. Can't really tell anything different or material from the 240 minute chart. But the 120 has something going on. So here, there's a bearish thing going on. This is more of a bearish wedge. But the reason why it catches my eye, and this generally has another ensuing move or continuation move in the southern direction in this case, the reason this has caught my eye is, again, rejected by the last standing moving average, which is the 20-period moving average, but also this big-time reversal candle. When you look at this chart, it's just a weak market. The daily chart is a weak market. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe it's a weak market market. Now, it's only midweek, so we don't know what's going to happen, but don't forget, the first time they came into the 50-period moving average on the weekly chart, are they going to close below it on the week, or are they going to have a rescue operation to close back above it by the end of the week? We don't know the answer. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. There's a case for trying to goose the market one more time. By tomorrow morning, if they're starting to goose the market, they will reevaluate the comments from today on the Fed and they will say, well, the market really took it like this and this happened and because he said this, the market really believes this into the future, so therefore everything's fine, rock on, buy the market. They want there to be a Fed put. What's a Fed put? A Fed put is when there's essentially a floor under the market. The Fed's always going to come to the rescue. That seems to be the case that has been the case for the most part, that won't always be the case. 
There will come a day when the public, meaning the retail investor, the institutional investor community, all investors around the horn will lose confidence in the Fed. They will lose confidence in the Fed because they won't be able to conduct a rescue operation. People will lose real money. They'll turn to the Fed and say, where were you? And the Fed's in a pickle and they won't be able to do anything. There will be a time when that comes. I don't know if this is or is not that time. We're not going to guess when that time might be. Having the awareness that that time is coming is enough. Just to round out the charts on the SPY, we're looking at the hourly chart, another breakdown candle. This is a reversal candle. This is a failure. So what they were doing off the lows was they were trying to continue to rally. They got above this high, which is very important, and they were consolidating. They were eating time off the clock. They were attempting to rally more, and then they failed. They issued a pie in the face to the traders that were long, which was the same pie they issued to the traders this morning that were short and found themselves with a pie in the face when they woke up. Gap up this morning, failure in the afternoon, they got them both. Inside the numbers today, a little bit of a unique day. On Kabuki Theater, we'd like to get some business done in the morning, but after the business is done in the morning, the market's going to go back and forth, it's going to whip around, and you don't really want to get caught in a position leading into the Fed announcement because as we know, and as we saw today, anything goes. So the more you're able to get flat, meaning in no position, cash is a position, leading into the Fed, that's really the ticket. That's the objective. But we still want to get that morning trade going. We still want to get some business done under our belt. Whether it's from stocks on the move or the SPY, it doesn't really matter. There's something for everybody, and you don't know which thing is going to happen on each and every day. Today, we had another day where they're goosing the market at the open. Therefore, it takes a lot of the opportunity away from traders looking for the stocks on the move trades. Stocks tend not to get to their objectives or their targets. They end up floating in the pre-market and at the opening bell, and it just takes opportunity away for traders. That's just the way it is. So this morning, my focus was really on the SPY, and if we were able to get or could we get some kind of a juicy trade in the S&P 500 and call it a morning, wait for Kabuki Theater, and see if anything unfolds later in the day. That was the objective going in. So it's hump day and Kabuki day. Nice goose operation overnight, and the squeeze is on. That would be the short squeeze for your home gamers. Even with the Fed announcement looming, I'm a numbers guy, let's work the numbers. There's a pivot high from the other day, 440.38. That's an important spot. That's going to kind of come back around in a little while. Might want to put that one on a sticky note. Round it to 440. It's close enough. Opening above, and that was that pivot high we looked at before where I said they got above this. That was bullish. We're going to look at the chart again, but that was that spot. Opening above is extra bullish or extra bull case. Whether they do or don't, getting above on candle closes opens the door for a test of 442.75 to 443. Put that one on a sticky note as well. And here's the reason why. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see the writing on the wall already. Or you can see the lines depicted on the page already. 443 up here, 440 down here, and you know what's coming next. You're right. Above 443, we have the next spot. What if they fail? 
Well, until the bell rings and they start developing some intraday short-term stuff, there's nothing we can say before they reach 435.50 and the gap at 434.50. They did that later in the day, but that was something that you can only target if they get below certain stuff. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. 9.12, it's still about 440.38. Opening above and staying there sets the tone. Opening below opens the door for the shakeout operation case. They could do anything, of course. These are just first-look comments. As such, we'll let them go for a while and go from there. So 921, look at it this way. Staying above and closing candles above 440 is the bull case for another leg higher. If they start to give up 440 and stay below, we'll look for the short-term support stuff after they get going. So... What are we saying here? We're saying the market's bullish above 440, and it's not, or at least not as bullish as it's below. 931, a spike of 440 will normally bring some buyers. I'm a buyer. That means I'm in the trade. It's a trade for the test of at least 441 and higher. So think about this in points terms. We're looking for a morning trade, looking for a spike of 440. Maybe it spikes it by 50 cents, 25 cents, a dollar, who knows, looking for a spike. So we're going to say two, three points is where you're picking them up on a spike, meaning two, three ES points, 30 cents, 50 cents in the SPY. So I'm just going to say three points, 30 cents. So I'm going to say if 441 is my first target, that's 13 S&P handles. There's more, but that's the original or initial target 13 S&P handles. We're not trading for two points. We're not trading for a pocket full of ticks. That's for pikers. Remember, the moves are wider, so you need smaller size. Where would the trade be wrong? Candle closes below 438.25. They didn't do that, so we didn't have to worry about it. Now 440 is resistance. They need to recapture it. So what happened was they got below, and then they had to fight their way back above. So we know the trade. The trade was given at the opening bell. Now you have a different perspective. Again, right of the vertical. They spike 440. They come down to a low of 438.79. You don't know how far the spike's going to be, but the swings are wide in both directions. So you're not surprised at a spike. You're just aware of the spike. And then they turn around. They recapture it. The rest is history. They give you 441. They give you 442. And then they give you 443. In layman's terms, that's 30 plus S&P handles in minutes. My target is around 441 and I'll try and hold for more. That means if I have, for example, let's talk in terms of ES or micros or whatever kind of contracts you're playing, whether it's options or ES contracts or whether it's an exchange traded product, what I'm doing is I'm taking some of it off. So in the ES world, let's just say I have three contracts. I'm taking one off at 441, then I'm trying to hold the other two for higher prices. Another one would come off closer to 442, and I'm holding for the just-in-caser. That's a simple garden variety type of trade. 951, remember from earlier, they can get all the way to 442.75 to 443. Just can't say they will, but they can. These numbers are magnetic. That's why I put them up on the board. And we're moving along. What I'm going to do is let you read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Why is that? 
because that was the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to show you from an inside the numbers perspective. That's what happened today. What happened after that was Kabuki Theater and what I told traders in the live room, and by the way, there were a lot of winners, large winners in the live room. Jordan won the trade. Many, many inside the number members who aren't in the live room won the trade. It was a winner all around. When you put money in your pocket first thing in the morning and you have Kabuki Theater on the docket today, what should you do? You should keep the money in your pocket because you know if you enter the market again, they're going to try and take it from you. So what you'll see in the notes, if you pause the video and read them, you'll see I dissuade people from doing stupid stuff. I say in here at one point, and you can go back and read it, I'm not going to be party to you gambling trying to guess which way the market is going. That's why we call it Kabuki Theater. Stocks on the move. We only had three on the board. We explained why earlier. Gilead, KMB, which is Kimberly Clark, and F5 Networks. Let's go look at a chart or two. Look at the screw job in Gilead. The low of day in the morning session was 67.14, three pennies short of my number, front runners, whatever it was. They had a nice rocket right away. That's too bad. Someone got in the trade. There were a plenty of buyers down here. And then they came in and they did the thing later in the day. Kind of funny how that works. The takeaway is the numbers are important. The second takeaway is they don't always give you the trade in the manner in which you prefer, but the numbers is what we focus on. That's the long-term benefit. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, it's much of the same story. They are beginning to make a bearish, flaggish kind of thing going on down here, but the rescue operation looms. You never know. If they give up the low, the rubber band will break. But if they don't give up the low and they still try and goose the tape, there's more rally in this market, not just the IWM, but across the board, because it's easy for them to spark another rally leg, another short squeeze. You saw what happened this morning, then it failed. Don't think they can't try it again. Big weekly chart breakdown candle. At some point, they're going to want to try and rally back if, if they can do it and get above 200, they'll start making a run for the top end or top end or neighborhood of that breakdown candle. That comes in at 212 and change. Kind of funny how that 191 number worked. Remember what that was from? I'll refresh your memory. That was from market symmetry. I actually ran a calculator. I did it the exact same way I teach in the course. And look what the low was so far in the IWM. They stopped going down at 191.23. Funny how that works. There's a module in the course that teaches this exact thing. Symmetry, a 100 period moving average. There were reasons why, and by the way, break up candle low. There were reasons why the IWM would find some kind of a semblance of support around 191. We talked about it long before they got there. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Again, another bearish flaggish kind of pattern, but this one's worse than the other ones. This seems to be melting away. I'm just looking here, and what's the first thing that my eye caught? The first thing is how close we are to Monday's lows in the transports as it relates to or against the other markets as a comparison. That's interesting. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Remember, the transports are my second favorite market-leading indicator next to the IWM, 
but my A number one canary in the coal mine. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, annexed over in Austin, Texas? The Q people, bearish patterns, same as all the others. We don't have to rehash the thing. Below Monday's low, rubber band situation. If they try and rally them, the door opens for the 200-period moving average around 365. If they begin to trade toward it, it will become magnetic. They'll want to test it from the underside. And the financials, compare and contrast the financials to the transports we just talked about. In comparison, they're nowhere near Monday's low. They're into the moving averages. They're not in terrible shape as compared to some of the other markets of note. Puzzle piece on the table. Why is that? Because without the financials falling apart, it's unlikely the rest of the market is going to fall apart. And Smash Mouth, similar story with Smash Mouth, still finishing up 1% on the day. If Smash Mouth can get going, the rest of the tech space will get going. And on the other side, if they're not falling apart, it's unlikely the rest of the tech space and beyond is going to fall apart. Is Smash Mouth being up 1% today somewhat of a tell going forward into the rest of the week? We'll see. Puzzle piece on the table. Sticky note stuff. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.